Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning to our stream online. We love you. Why don't you take a seat? Say hello to somebody around you. Say good morning in the chat. We love the chat. We love our online team down there making it happen for you in church online. You guys are my favorite. Don't tell everyone here though, okay? No, truly. Oh, I'm going to scoot past you here. Lex, good morning. We're so glad to have you joining uh, in church with us this morning. Are you excited to be here? I assume so. You're all under your masks there, fanning away. It's pretty toasty in here this morning with the masks on. I assume you're all home not wearing a mask. That sounds great. Maybe you've got the best seat in the house today. Who knows? Uh, We're so excited to have you with us this morning. I'm just here for some announcements. Uh, The number one thing I need to remind you to do is check in. It's part of our COVID safety. So if you're online, it helps us just to know that uh, who's tuning in online. But if you're here in the building, we really do need you to check in. Um, It helps us keep track of who's here and keeps us really um, above the above the law on this one. So if you could check in for us, you can do that via the church app. If you're having any issues with the church app, please, please reach out to leadership and we can give you a hand with that. Amazing. I've got some announcements for you to write in your diary, some fun things coming up this week. Are you ready? The first one is Thursday. Everyone say Thursday. Good. It's hard when I can't see you smiling to know if you're listening, so that helps. On Thursday, uh, the 25th of February at 7pm, we'll be having a team night. Yes. Uh, That's almost enough excitement. Team night is actually so fun. Last team night, uh, we had a great time. Uh, We played a game where we drew a chicken doesn't sound fun, but it was. It was very fun. And Scott drew a great chicken, and I drew a great chicken. And then Tom let our team down and drew a very below average chicken. Uh, So if you want to know about the chicken drawing, you have to come to team nights. Uh, A great, great time. So that'll be happening Thursday, the 25th at 7pm. And so Pastor Brad will share a bit of heart and vision for the team, SBC, and what church is up to, followed by some further training from some of the pastors and leaders. So um, it's a really great night. It is for anyone. If you serve on a team here, even if you don't serve on a team, if you think maybe you'd like to possibly serve on a team, then we would love to see you as part of uh, the SBC team. So that is team night. Locked in? Very good. The other thing that is coming up is next Sunday, which is uh, the 28th of February. Uh, the we need to have a, we would like to have a church council, a special church meeting uh, to do some, a little bit of voting and things uh, around the driveway access, some situation going on out there that we need the, uh, the, the church to give an okay to, um, to give some authority for some different people to make decisions on our behalf there, but we have to put that to a church meeting. So that'll be next Sunday after the service. So we'd love you to uh, be able to be here for that and to get the update about what's happening and why there's a million trucks in our driveway and all the things going on. So that'll be next Sunday, so it's, uh, we'd love to have you here for that. Amazing. So that's next Sunday. Thursday and Sunday. Got them locked in? Great uh, events coming up. So sometimes it's hard. To, sometimes it can be hard to follow, but that is two separate events. So there's a men's breakfast at 7am for all the gentlemen about the place. And then there is also uh, a full drive trip that is open and uh, ready for everybody to come along on. Anybody brave enough to be like shooken around like that? I feel like I never sell these trips because I'm terrified of full driving, but people who like it assure me that it is very fun and not that scary. Oh, truly, I'm the person who's like, 
maybe I'm not selling it now, but I'm like, no, 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 don't, oh, don't want to fall off the edge. But I think it's really fun. People who like that kind of adrenaline seem to really, really enjoy it. No, it's going to be a great, great time. And depending on COVID restrictions and things, there may even be some passenger seats available. So um, you could potentially just go as a passenger and not have to like be the driver. Although maybe that's better, being the driver. Yeah, because then you're in, in charge. That's going to be great fun though. So um, <clears throat> you can sign up for that via the church app. That's the easiest way for you to sign up for events. Or if you follow us on Instagram, you'll find the link for that in our bio. It's really easy to register that way. Um, Or, of course, you can register at the info desk. But the best way for us is if you do it online. So let us help you with that if you need. Amazing. So we're about to come uh, into a bit of a time of communion now. And and I just wanted to, to touch very very gently this morning on this thought of uh, the needs that we have. There's lots of needs in our church at the moment. Uh, Some illness, some grief, lots of new babies getting cooked all around the place, lots of new babies being born. Um, So many things happening in the life of our church. And as we come to a time of communion and we consider all that... um, all that we bring before God, I think it is so important for us to remember that these symbols uh, are to remind us of how far God was willing to go to love us, how far he was willing to go to see our healing, how far he was willing to go to bring us peace and hope and joy, how far God was willing to go, how far his love extends toward us. And so this morning, I'm going to pray for some of the needs in church, and then we're going to stand together and do that, and then I'm going to invite you to come and take communion. Someone will serve it to you, so it's nice and COVID safe. And if you're at home, please um, rummage in the pantry quickly now and grab something and join with us as we take communion. And as we remember what God has done for us, the body that was broken, but also blood that was shed so that we would know salvation, because we know that that really is the true... Uh, incredible gift that God would love us so deeply that he would send his son so that we could have relationship with him that his love would come so far toward us that we could know him and be with him and let us keep that uh, fixed in our minds all that he has done for us as we bring our prayers and we know that prayer causes things to happen that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray And knowing that God's biggest miracle is the way that he saves us. Believing that he's willing and able to intervene in our life. So why don't you stand with me and we're going to pray together this morning uh, before we take communion. God, we thank you. We thank you for that great love. We thank you that it is always toward us. God, we thank you that there is nothing that we could do to earn it or deserve it. God, that it just is because you just are love. It is so much of your character, so much of who you are. God, we thank you that you came all the way to earth, that you humbled yourself in such a way so that we may know you. So God, this morning we bring before you the burdens of our heart. We bring before you our illness. We bring before you our pain and our sorrow. And we acknowledge how those things make us feel. We acknowledge that there is a time for weeping and that there is a time for sorrow. 
But even in the midst of that, we fix our eyes on you. And we know that you're a good God who will lead us through. And so, God, we thank you for your healing. We thank you for your peace. We thank you for your hand of protection. We would just ask that all the needs across our community this morning get a a touch of your spirit. God, we lift up our hearts to you this morning. We lift up our burdens and we ask that you would intervene in only the way that you can, in a supernatural way, God. Would you do what only you can do? God, we thank you that you are a God who hears and answers our prayers. We praise you for who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, team. I'm going to go ahead and receive communion now. God, this morning we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that we can hold on to you. And God, even when we let go, you never hold let, let go of us. God, you hold us so close. God, this morning we pray that, that we might know your presence in our life. We might know your goodness in our life. God, that you might speak to us, that you might encourage us. God, that you would help us to hear your voice. God, this morning I pray for those that maybe feel like they haven't heard from you for a long time, maybe ever. God, I pray this morning that you might speak to their hearts. God, that you might remind them of your love that you have for them, the purpose and the plan that you have for their life. God, that you are good in every season, in every moment. God, this morning we pray that you would help us to lean in to all that you have for us. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your spirit, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Please grab a seat. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Good to have you guys with us. Good morning to those online with us. It's great to see that the half of the people in the auditorium leave when the kids leave. I mean, I don't know if you noticed that, but that's about what happened. About half of our... Um, half the people left, which is exciting, I think, that we've got so many kids and so much team uh, ministering out there. I mean, it creates big problems um, for, the, for the kids' ministry in terms of space, um, but we're, um, we're so blessed and God is doing a good thing amongst us um, with, our, with our generations, with our kids, with our youth. It's good. It's important to be praying for them, um, especially while I'm speaking. If you get bored of what I'm talking about, just you know what, just go into some prayer ministry for our kids, um, that's totally okay. Um, it's better than just browsing Facebook on your phone. Very good. Are you good? You're good? Fantastic. Uh, well, like Pastor Lawrence said, this morning we are continuing in our values series. Um, I don't know what's happened here. I might stand at the back here a bit more. Just going to ruin everything for everybody, I'm sure. I like doing that. Um, but we're going to t- continue in our value series, and last week we talked about this idea of home for all, there is room for you. Home for all, there is room for you. Uh, there is a seat at the table just as you are. We all need a saviour and redemption, a church for the unchurched. So I hope uh, and encourage you, if you 
didn't tune in last week, last Sunday we were um, online only. Uh, if, you'd, if you missed last week's um, stream, then I encourage you to go back and, and have, a, have a watch, have a listen, check out that, that message, because it's one of our um, four key values that we're going to, to hang on to. It's not just a, um, a theme for this year, but it's something that we're going to endeavour to embody and embrace as a church over the next season, and whatever that length is, we're not sure, but um, it's going to be one of our sort of cornerstone um, values that we're, we're holding on to. Uh, we talked about, you know, the idea of showing people the gate to the narrow road and not making them jump a fence first. You know, Jesus calls us to walk the narrow road, but Jesus is also the gate. Uh, we should have this, this culture, this home for all. There is room for you where it's easy in, but there's a high commitment, where we are welcoming, where we are ready to receive uh, new people into our community, whether that's our small groups, whether that's our ministries, whether it's our own personal life, our church in general. Home for all, there is room for you. And this morning we're going to jump into our second value, which says this, truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. God reveals his truth through the Bible and we actively embrace his wisdom on all matters of life. You know, I think um, when I think about values, I think we all have values. We all have things that we value and we might be able to um, articulate them really clearly and really well uh, in our families, in our homes, in our own personal lives. We all value certain ideals, certain things. It's what drives our decision-making. It's why we do what we do. Ultimately, everything comes down to something that we value. You know, if we value our family, we'll spend time with our family. If we're always going away and um, with our family, then that's a value of ours. It, it, there's something that's driving that motivation or driving that behaviour. If we value our, our image, we might go to great lengths to look good, sound smart or convince people of somebody that we are. If we value our walk with God, we might pray, read our Bibles. If we value truth, we might um, embrace God's word as truth. Values should answer the question, why do we do what we do? Why do you say grace before every meal? Maybe you don't, maybe you do. Maybe there are things that you do, maybe there's things that you've always done because your parents have always done them and their parents have always done them and you've just done them because that's just how you live. I encourage you to ask the question, why do we do this? Why do we live this way? Underlying all those things is um, most definitely some sort of value that has driven that. What is the underlying value driving our actions and our behaviours? And what we hope to do through these values is have that sort of underpinning so that there we can live out the plans and the purposes God has for us. As a church, we can be on the same page. We can travel in the same direction. We can walk our walks, but we travel in the same direction. And we all have these values. Truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. Let me read you a scripture in Luke chapter 20. Verses 46 to 49. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? I will show you what it's like when someone comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It is like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the floodwaters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it is well built. But anyone who hears and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house on the right. Um, 
who doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house right on the ground without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against that house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Let's just pray one more time. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that we can follow your word. We can listen to it. We can actively embrace the truths in it. And God, this morning we pray that you would speak to us through it, that you would help us to hear your voice and help us to obey. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know if you've ever done any building or seen any building sites. I'm sure uh, around Sale and around the place there is multiple buildings and houses and things happening. I mean, it feels like it's happening all the time. Um, I know at our place we've been doing renovations what feels like forever. Uh, It feels like we're constantly renovating and we're just about to enter another phase of renovations. And part of the next phase of our renovations is to doing some work on our subfloor. And to do this we have to um, pull up some of the flooring and we have to dig some new holes and put some new stumps in. Um, And it's, it's something that you don't really see. You might walk into a house that's on a slab or on a subfloor with stumps and And you don't really know what's underneath you, but you can tell when it's not good. I don't know if you've ever walked into an old house and it hasn't been re-stumped and it's still got old wooden stumps and it feels like you're riding the wave of the floor. Um, but, But building these foundations and putting these stumps in is not a pretty job. It gets it gets pretty dirty, it gets pretty muddy. I mean, you want dry weather when you're doing it, you don't want it to be raining while you're putting your stumps in. But building those foundations is so important because what comes from those foundations allows you to see the the fruit, if you like, the bits that we all like, the paint on the walls and the windows and the doors, all the things that when you walk into a house that you notice. Without the foundations done properly, those things are, are pretty worthless and unsafe. When we talk about this value of truth seeking, This is what we're talking about, strengthening foundations. Not always pretty. The wrestle can hurt sometimes, but without it, we easily collapse. Truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. But unlike foundations of a house, our job in truth seeking is never done. It's not a job that we do for a five-year period in our Christian walk and go, right, I've got my foundation set, now I'm good to... Good to go. This value um, tells us that we're constantly on a quest for truth. We're constantly going back to God's word to see what is it that God's teaching us about ourselves, about our world, about himself. How can we embrace that? Our truth-seeking is not a job that gets finished and then we move on. Instead, it's a lifelong faithful obedience in the direction that Jesus takes us. Last week, when we talked about home for all, there is room for you, one of the things we talked about was the importance of having a place to wrestle with God's word. This goes hand in hand with this idea, truth-seeking. We didn't um, label this value as truth-telling, but instead we said truth-seeking. I think it's important that we recognise that difference, that we're not valuing truth-telling, although we are truth-tellers, we do tell the truth, but we're not, uh, the value is not so much about preaching the truth and telling people what the truth is, but rather personalising it and saying we're truth seekers. That together we seek the truth and from that we will tell people the truth. 
truth-seeking. And I think the difference is in the posture. The difference is in the posture. Truth-seeking versus truth-telling. When we are truth-seeking, we allow... Um, when we are truth-seeking and we allow truth-seeking, we are doing what Jesus is telling us, building on the rock, strengthening foundations. So when untruth comes, we recognise it and, and we don't just go against it or say, no, nah, that's not right, just because we've been told that. You know, if you've had kids, and I talked about this last week, if your answer to all their why questions or where does this come from questions is just because, 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 because I said so, it's going to set them up with a poor foundation for life, poor understanding of why things are the way they are. And if we've just embraced whatever it is that's been told from the pulpit, embraced what it is, whatever it is our parents have told us for generations, and it's just, that's just the way it is, that's just the way it is. And that's our answer, it's just because. When someone comes with an argument against it, we don't have the strength in our foundations to stand up against it. Or we might, but it might not be pretty. I need two volunteers. I want to, I want to demonstrate the, the importance of this idea of foundations. I need two volunteers, someone who thinks they're reasonably strong. I'm going to, I'm going to volunteer people if I don't have someone. Anybody? Come on, Tom. I saw Tom, a bit of movement there. And someone who thinks that they um, maybe are not so strong but they would like to push Tom over. Yes. Oh, no, you've been beaten, Jace. Someone's coming up behind you. All right, give these people a hand. Okay, so this is your weapon, because we're COVID safe. We're not, we're not actually pushing anybody. Okay, and Tom, you've got a brick. This is a pretty, this is a pretty strong, I mean, that's a, that's a real brick. That's heavy, yeah. So what I want you to do, this is your foundation. You've got to stand on that. Okay, and with the, and Tom, you can, you can do whatever you need um, without grabbing the pool noodle to defend yourself from, and to, to make sure that you don't fall off that foundation, all right? And your job is just to push him with the noodle and get him off that brick. Yeah, however you want. Use whatever tactics you want. Go for his face or his <laughs> torso. Or... Go for it. Show us. Yeah, just push him. Hit, hit him. Hit him. Okay. Wow. Okay, now, Tom, let's... Um... I might need some help here, Tom. This is... Let's build a stronger foundation. Just put all those bricks down on the ground. Let's... Um... Make a bigger, a bigger base for you. All right, how's that look? You reckon you can try the same thing? Do it again. Now, Tom, you might not need to use as much defensive work this time. Let's see. All right, go for it. Okay, I think that, that might take a while. You can just leave that there, that's all right. Thank you, guys. Give them a hand. What I want you to notice is the, the posture in which Tom had to take when, he was, when his foundations were not strong. When his foundations were small, what did he have to do? Very defensive. 
very defensive. He had to fight to, to hold his ground. But when his foundations were strong, pushing against him, he, he could just take it. It wasn't going to change his foundations. It wasn't going to... He might sway him a little bit, but ultimately he's going to stand firm. And this is what truth-seeking is about, is that when our foundations are strong and someone comes with a diversity of opinion, that we're not defensive and we don't attack back with truth, but instead we listen, we empathise, we're not weak in what we believe, but we create a culture where we're home for all and truth-seeking at the same time. That we can hold that tension without being defensive. You know there's a lot of Christians that are very defensive, almost offensive with the way they tell truth. And if that's, um, if that's what we do, and if, if our idea is that we're going to argue with people until they believe what we believe, I don't know about you, but I've never really seen that work. I don't think that's an effective strategy. I don't think that arguing people into the kingdom of God is a good strategy. In fact, I think if people are argued into the kingdom of God, they can be argued out of the kingdom of God. Instead, of pe- we want to help people understand and um, encounter the love that Jesus has for them, the gospel, the, the good news of Jesus. We value truth-seeking from the word of God. Over 60 times in the Gospels, it records Jesus saying, truly I tell you, or I tell you the truth. It depends on the translation. I tell you the truth. In John's Gospel, often he um, um, penned it as truly, truly, or very truly, or verily, verily, or I tell you the... I don't know how all the translations... But he's like emphasising the, the true bit, or amen, amen. It's the same word. Matthew seven twenty-eight and 29 says this, when Jesus had finished saying these things, this is the end of the Sermon on the Mount, if you're wondering where this falls. When he finished saying these things, the crowds were astonished at his teaching because he was teaching like the one who had authority and not like their scribes. There was shock in the way that Jesus taught because he taught from his own authority. He taught from his own authority. And it, and it was set apart from the rabbis and the teachers of the day who always were referring back to someone else's authority or some other authority. But Jesus comes along and says, truly, I tell you, or I tell you the truth. We value truth-seeking from the word of God because we believe in God. And Jesus teaches from this authority because he is God. You know, if we believe in God, if we say that we believe in God, which I think if we're here, then we probably do, We have to believe that he is the ultimate in understanding, in knowledge, and in truth. So we seek his truth, not our truth. You know, there's a big push in culture at the moment to discover your truth. Discover your truth. And while I think that's... We can can empathise that, we can embrace that, we can encourage people to discover their truth and point them towards the ultimate truth in doing so. We want to seek not our own truth, but we want to seek his truth. We will always have our own filter in which we see things through, the lens at which we look things through. And this is the idea that we want to be constantly truth-seeking, that our job is never done. 
until we reach the day of complete clarity in heaven, we're going to be always truth-seeking because we've always got this lens through which we look, look at life through, look at God's word through. We have our own experiences. 1 Corinthians 13 talks, talks about this idea. Now our knowledge is partial and incomplete, and even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when the time of perfection comes, these partial things will become useless. When I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish, childish things. Now we see things imperfectly, like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything perf- with perfect clarity. All that I know is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely, just as God now now knows me completely. We are truth seekers. We are pursuing Jesus, the truth, wherever he takes us. We don't arrive until he arrives. We don't get the understanding of truth completely until he arrives. What we know, we wrestle with. And the more we wrestle, the more we understand, the stronger our foundations are. I see imperfectly God's word. And so just because I preach something from this pulpit, I'm doing my best to seek the truth to preach the truth. But even I have my own filter. Even I have my own imperfections. And so it's on all of us to be truth seekers together. To listen to each other. To lean into what God is saying. And like I said, no one is ever argued into the kingdom of heaven. If someone can be argued in, they can be argued out. And so we're truth seeking, not just truth telling. And I think this is important because of this big idea that truth serves love. Truth serves love. And God in his love, he leads us in truth. But his motivation is love. He's not, his motivation is not to be right. For some of us, when we are thinking about this idea of truth, our motivation is to be right. Our motivation is not always love. 1 Timothy 1 verse 5, the purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, a genuine faith. Love is important because we are pursuing the God of love, the God who is love. It's his love that drives him to forgive and redeem us. It's his love for us that draws us close to him. Not his truth. It's his love that draws us close. Truth serves love. In seeking truth, We aim to be like the disciples, not like the Pharisees. I think the difference between the disciples and the Pharisees was their posture. Pharisees were full of pride. Disciples were full of humility. Pharisees needed to be right. Disciples wanted just to follow Jesus. And Jesus was only harsh with the Pharisees. He was harsh with the Pharisees. He was harsh with people who thought they were right, who Double down on what they thought. That's when Jesus was, you know what? That's when he brought the challenge. But often he didn't bring the challenge. He brought a really kind word or a gentle nudge in the direction of truth. Let's be like the disciples, full of humility. The disciples were called to leave their families, their jobs, their livelihoods. They were truth-seeking, pursuing Jesus wherever he took them. With humility, because we all have something to learn. God's word is the ultimate truth. Not our own upbringing, not our traditions, but his word. 
pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. We are called to do the same. As a church, we value pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. As people, we value pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us. And this is a bold value to to proclaim. This is a bold value to proclaim and to really embrace. It's a scary in some sense because it forces us to surrender our own will and our own desires and to embrace Jesus' will completely and God's word for our life. I want to challenge us to to pray through this value, to say, can I embrace this, truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us? Truth seekers, pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us, using God's word as our ultimate truth. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it it is our guide, it is our compass, God, we pray that you would help us to continue to see it with the clarity that you want us to. God, we pray that you would help us to to wrestle with your truth, to embrace your truth, to lay aside our own desires and our own will and to surrender to you, to pursue you wherever you take us. God, we know that you know far more than we do. You know far more than we will ever know. And so, God, we surrender to that. And, God, we pray that in our truth-seeking, that we might be a people, we might be a community that allows people to be truth-seekers as well. God, that we would all allow ourselves and each other to wrestle with the truths of God's Word. God, as we do so, our foundations will only get stronger and stronger. So God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you that we can trust you, that we can follow you wherever you lead. Pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. I don't know where you're at this morning. Um, I don't know what your journey is up until this point, but this idea of following Jesus or pursuing Jesus wherever he takes us maybe is a new idea for you. Maybe you've never made that step of following Jesus, of giving your life to him. And I want to encourage you this morning, why not do it this morning? Why not make that decision to pursue Jesus with your entire life? Maybe you're investigating, maybe you're weighing up the options in your own life. But I feel like this morning maybe there's people in this room, there's people watching that need to make that decision for themselves, to pursue Jesus wherever he leads them to be like the disciples, to leave something behind and pursue something new. So just as we're sitting here and maybe if everyone could close your eyes, if, if you would say, that's me this morning, Brad. I'm exactly in that spot. I am not following Jesus. I have not made that decision to follow him. But I want to this morning. I'll just ask you where you are just to maybe lift your hand up nice and high so I can pray for you this morning. If you're watching online, you can click on the prayer or or message one of the the hosts there and let them know that you want to make that decision so they can pray for you. It's so important that we give people an opportunity to make this decision. 
God, for those that are in their hearts this morning making that decision to follow you, to pursue you wherever you lead them, to give their life to you. God, I pray that they might be able to live out in that posture of surrender, that daily decision of making you their leader, their Lord, their saviour. God, we thank you that we are forgiven, that we are made whole, that we are redeemed because of what you've done on the cross. And God, we thank you this morning for those that are making that decision or reaffirming that decision to follow you wherever you take them. God, we give you praise, we give you honour. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. I really encourage you if you feel like you need to make that decision or you've made that decision this morning, whether you're here or online, to let someone know. It's so important that you do this journey with people. We're a community. We follow Jesus together. We follow in the same direction.